8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. So we'll have a podcast of Mark Haywood. Go to safm.co.za. The website will be up tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. That's about the time most days. And you'll find the podcast of Really Clabby as well. And just about just about everybody else. Bonang Mohale. I'm trying to think about so many other great big hitters we've had. They're all there. You will find them. Maybe share them as well. I mean, if you, because they're all stimulating. That I can assure you of. You will agree with some of them. You will not agree with many other points. What you will do, you will find they are, they form the basis of really stimulating debate. Uh, and, and the same example, for example, with uh, Nishan Bolton uh, from the Kathrana Foundation that we had last week. So in all cases, check them out, share them with other people, WhatsApp the links to everybody else and let them let them understand just what's really going on in our country. So what's really going on with regard to fees must fall? Can you believe that uh, that, that famous hashtag fees must fall? from a purely branding point of view, having hosted a marketing and branding show, I can tell you, is certainly one of the great brand hashtags because it's stuck, it's part of our psyche. But that's one part. What about the nuts and bolts of fees must fall? So incredibly, it's three years since that day, which which I think was yesterday, in fact, um, since uh, the students took to their campuses and protested. And a lot has happened in that period of time. So some of the things, what has happened to those student leaders around the country? Uh, What has happened to the cause? What is it they were asking for when they took to their campuses? What were they asking for? The responses, of course, from campus, um, you know, university vice chancellors across the country. And, of course, you had the Minister of Education, played in Zamanda at that time. And the president, President Zuma, so much has changed, okay? So some of the thoughts, what were the big gains of hashtag fees must fall? And are there casualties as a result of what happened three years ago? It wasn't just a one-day event, but it happened three years ago. So we'll chat to you. I want to get your thoughts. You can call in, particularly if you're a student. Then you need to make a plan and call it because I want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you. So if you're older and you know a student who was at campus anywhere in the country, I'd like you to contact them. Get them to call in, get them to comment, also tweet, hashtag SAFM Viewpoint, and give us their thoughts about the gains and the casualties of uh, hashtag fees must fall. We do have, however, Ahmed Bawa. He is the in the position of Chief Executive Officer of Universities South Africa. So, Ahmed, good chatting to you, and thanks for your time. Thank you for having me, Ashraf. Thank you. I, I would suggest, if I, if I can almost fast forward to the present tense now, sure. that, that things are rather... They're rather peaceful. They're rather they're rather dull and quiet. There's nothing happening on campuses besides students uh, getting ready to write their final exams. Although I do know many yeah. of the campuses are having elections, and that's yeah. today and tomorrow. UJ last week, for example, but it's all very quiet. Yeah, you know, Ashraf, um, it's a um, it's a kind of um, it's a kind of myth that nothing's going on. You know, uh, we've had a fairly although we've had a, a much better year this year. We've also had a a lot of instability in the system. Um, you know, the, 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 the big difference is that there wasn't a national coordinated campaign. But if you ask me, I would say that uh, basically we've, uh, we've, you know, although there are differences, we've gone back to where we were uh, in 2015, early 2015, say. Uh, you know, there's still been lots of hassles at the uh, historically black universities, the universities of technology and so on. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the key reason that we are not experiencing uh, the same sort of uh, energy, if you like, uh, 
especially with the media and so mm, on, mm. Uh, is because it's not, you know, uh, the, 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 the big uh, uh, research-intensive universities and so on are not so affected this time around. So when you say we've, uh, we've gone back, does that mean the demands that were made no. uh, have, now, have now been lost, or is there something else? No, no, no. I, I have to say, I have to say that, uh, you know, one of the things that we all have to agree on is that the, uh, you know, the the, the new funding system for students who, uh, who who come from poor and working class families and so on has uh, has huge kind of uh, uh, potential and huge impact on working class families. So I don't want to give you the impression that nothing has happened. Uh, in fact, the opposite. I mean, I want to say that there is at least that very strong victory that came out of the uh, out of the student movement. Uh, the second thing, of course, which we mustn't ignore, you know, is that, um, you know, what the Fees Must Fall and Roads Must Fall campaigns did was produce a kind of a new generation of activists, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that has been hugely important, uh, not just to the universities, but to society as a whole. And, uh, you know, there's not a single university in South Africa that is not now grappling with the issues of around decolonization of the curriculum and, uh, uh, you know, trying to understand how to design universities around our students uh, rather than to expect students just to plug into kind of uh, universities, if you like. Um, and so um, I think that it would be uh, a false uh, assumption, you know, that things have just sort of returned to normal. There's a lot of new energy within our universities and uh, a tremendous amount of uh, new uh, innovation and so on taking place because of those campaigns. All right, so let's stay with the, with the, with the, the key issue because mm. there were lots of other things that then form part of the issues around, yeah. you know, uh, for example, whether university employees should be outsourced and that sort of thing. But but yeah. the key yeah. one was ultimately around funding, right? So right. W- w- what's the position now? I mean, I know the president then made in his last, yeah. one of his last important policy statements spoke about, uh, President Zuma, that is, around funding. What, what Help us understand what has happened there. So, let's, uh, so we have to be completely clear that the statement that was made on the 16th of December last year by uh, former President Zuma uh, has had a huge impact. I mean, however you want to think about it. Uh, so what it means basically is that any young person uh, that comes from a family where the family income is below 350,000 rand and where that person, that young person is admitted to university, uh, that's the end of the story. That student gets a full cost of studies bursary, completely covering all aspects of, uh, of, of, the student, of, of the student. So in other words, it's fees, it's a housing allowance, it's food allowances, it's book allowances, and so on. Uh, now, you know, some might argue that it's not enough, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one has to say that that's a huge gain uh, for, the, for students who are in that category. Are we, are we, seeing, uh, the, are we seeing that already, or will that's still, we'll only see the benefits of that in a few years' time? No, no, no. Uh, this year, all first-time entry, first entry students who, uh, who come from families where the family income is below 350,000 rand receive these bursaries. So they're already in the system. And next year, it'll be the first years and second years. And uh, in 2020, it'll be first year, second years, and third years. Okay, so, so that this, uh, the, the, this first year is going into their next years. will always get that support, right? Uh, correct. W- one of the issues at that time was, so the president's saying this, but uh, where are we going to get the money from? What, what has happened around right. that? Right. So, so, you know, at least for the next three years, it's built into the what we call the medium-term uh, 
what's it called, uh, the NTEF, the medium-term budget. And uh, so, so for the next three years, it's in the budget. Uh, there is, of course, a big question about the long-term sustainability. But, you know, we have to hope and pray that the economy will grow and that uh, the, you know, that the, the affordability of this bursary system will remain completely viable. Uh, and that, of course, uh, you know, we're assuming that that's going to be the case. Okay. What about, uh, as a result of that, I mean, let's just, let's help us understand this. Where do you fit in as the chief executive of University of South Africa? So we know there are chancellors and there are vice chancellors that effectively run many universities. What, what, what's okay. the relationship? So uh, University of South Africa is a membership organization of the 26 public universities. And the, the board is made up of the 26 vice chancellors and myself. And... Uh, and the the, the 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 body has a number of structures, uh, which we call strategy groups, uh, and it does a whole range of things, including kind of negotiations with the Department of Education Training, uh, with industry and with uh, other partners and so on. Uh, but more importantly, it does policy work. Uh, it kind of uh, influences policy. It kind of writes policy, uh, and it does advocacy, of course, to some extent. Uh, but most importantly, of course, it kind of acts as a, cohere, uh, a cohering structure for the university system. Okay. What, what then about, uh, you know, one of the biggest issues has been uh, that by and large the protests were peaceful, but they also turned violent in some yeah. of the campuses and, and became pretty militant. Sure. And there's a debate about who was in charge of that or who was not in charge, and therefore things went out of control. But the reality is, there were student leaders in, at many campuses, I think uh, amongst the more prominent ones, Tsebo Lamini, uh, who is now understanding, uh, sure. going to stand on the ANC Youth League, uh, Youth League ticket, wants to become uh, the, the president of the ANC Youth League. But they've been charged and some of them have spent time in jail as well. Uh, one of the issues, of course, was, was amnesty uh, in yeah. terms of being charged. What, what's, what's the yeah. position there? What's, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, we had a we had a very long discussion about this at the at the USAF board uh, because we were approached by several uh, not not individuals but several parties and so on. Uh, and uh, the position that emerged at the USAF board amongst the vice chancellors was that um, if there were students who were excluded from university or who uh, suspended or whatever the case is, that uh, each university has the kind of the way with all this, it has the policy framework and the procedural framework and so on to deal with those cases. And that universities would deal with each case on a case-by-case basis. Um, in terms of the amnesty demand to the president, uh, clearly, you know, that's, not, that's outside of our ha- mm-hmm. outside of the hands of the universities. But what we did agree was that if the president did move in that direction, uh, that we would, be, you know, we would be involved in that process. Uh, but but that we wouldn't uh, kind of, uh, you know, it wouldn't be within our power to deal with. Uh, so would you? Not, that would you not? Demand. That means if if he if he moves for that, you'd support it, but you wouldn't lobby yeah. for it up front. Yeah, and, and I think that you know that what what is within the power of the universities is for students who are suspended or whatever the case is to to go back to their universities and say, you know, we, I'd like to have my case reviewed, uh, and that has happened, by the way, at several universities. Uh, and where amnesty has been uh, afforded to those students. And, and do you have a personal view on this? Uh, my personal view is that, you know, I think we have to look at the case-by-case basis. On the one hand, you know, if students have been imprisoned because uh, they disrupted a few lectures and 
cause some public disturbance and so on. That's one side of the matter. The other side of the matter is where uh, there's been wanton kind of arson and, and uh, you know, and violence and so on. And uh, that's a different matter, I think. Uh, I mean, I think we just have to remind ourselves that the damage to the sector in that period uh, is is about 800 million rand. Uh, I believe uh, so, that's yeah. just the that's just the wow. damage to property. You know? uh, that doesn't include everything else. Uh, that was, you know, All right. were More to come. Let's get some callers. 0891104207. Incredibly three years since hashtag fees must fall or that campaign started by students and they coined it fees must fall. That great branding and great initiative in terms of getting what they want. And I think by and large, it appears they've succeeded. There's been certain losses. So therefore, what are the big gains? What are the casualties? And you give me your thoughts. I particularly want to encourage you if you are a student to call in because I want to get your thoughts. Colin. I'm not sure you're a student, but you can go ahead anyway. Hello. <laughs> Ashram, no ways. <laughs> Those days is gone already. <clears throat> good evening, Ashram. Good evening, your guest. Good evening, indeed. Right. What's your point? Uh, what I wanted to ask about, uh, it's 2015 when it all started. And, of course, now your guest just mentioned the damage. Yeah. 800 million. Right. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, it's free education for the first year, the second year, and they're pushing up to the third year. Now, I would love to know, the tax man is paying for all that, eh? Of course, you and I, and, and your guest. Now, tell me something. I would love to know the success rate. If you're getting something for free, are you going to use it or abuse it or just go in and just walk out in one year and back up what's, what's your thoughts? Are you suggesting that if students uh, don't have to pay for their varsity fees, no, they, no, they wouldn't no, bother no, studying? No, 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 I, no. I, I reckon, no, I should don't put words in my mouth. No, that's why I asked you. No, I'm no, asking. no, no. You can, you can, you can turn it around. now, which is your right, Ashraf. Okay, fine. But now what we are looking forward to, us citizens, us adults, and senior citizens, the future, now, you're getting something for free. Are you going to use it or abuse it? Are they going to be dropouts? I would love to ask your guest okay. to give us a yearly, to give us a, I don't ask her, to give us a yearly uh, um, um, statement or how many, what percentage made it for free and what percentage dropped out. Thank okay, you, got that, Colin from Cape Town. You may want to also give me your thoughts on that issue. Uh, Ahmed Bauer, respond to that. Yeah, I think it is quite simple to respond to that. First of all, um, there's very clear evidence that students who have been supported uh, through, for example, through the National Students' Financial Aid Scheme, uh, on average, perform better than students who have not been supported. Uh, that's quite a remarkable thing. I mean, you imagine that most of the students who are supported come from schools that are nearly dysfunctional and so on. So, uh, so the, the issue of financial security for students is a huge game changer in terms of their performance at university. Uh, by the way, this study is a proper study done by uh, st- uh, researchers at the University of Stellenbosch. It's not a, it's not a thumb suck. Um, the second point I'd like to make is that, um, you know, we have to just remind ourselves that there are 1.1 million students in the higher education system. And that, you know... Um, you know, that we have to be careful not to imagine that 1.1 million students are rampaging through our campuses and tearing down things and so on. The vast majority of students are really committed to their studies and really working hard. 
the role, the role of universities in social mobility is critical. And, uh, you know, we must be careful not to uh, kind of undermine, uh, you know, initiatives of this kind, which really make it possible for working class, young okay. working class people. All right, so, so quick graduate. one, just in one sentence, for you, the big gains and the big casualties in the last three years? Well, the big gain, the big gains have clearly been the generation of a new, you know, a new generation, the production of a new generation of activists, and the huge changes taking place in the uh, in the universities in terms of curriculum and so on. The second, I think, which is really critical to understand, um, is just the idea that uh, you know that universities uh, have this very critical role to play, which is the social mobility role. And that uh, you know anything that we can do to support that role is uh, really important for us to uh, to grasp and to kind of push along. So, um, so from my point of view, at least, uh, you know, I really look forward to a period when we can raise money for the mid- missing middle, which is still a challenge mm-hmm. for us. And uh, once you know, once we've got that going, and there are projects in uh, you know uh, underway with regard to that. Uh, once we've got that done, uh, then I, lo- I really look forward to. Uh, tremendous uh, kind of uh, okay. uh, uh, just one point uh, one more point uh, yeah. in terms of the downside right. uh, the one thing that the last three years has done is produced a tremendous amount of angst and uh, the, you know the breakdown of trust and so on between uh, between what be, students and, uh, and between, between management students and students, students and academics yeah. students, students and administration staff and administration <laughs> And I think that that's going to be one of our big challenges over the next two well, three it's years. It's probably something I'm going to put to Ibrahim Labini. I'm going to talk to him next, in fact. So you may want to listen in, although we're going to stop talking to you now. Ahmed Bawa, thank you yeah. for your time. Most appreciated. Chief Executive Officer of Universities right. South Africa. Okay, so we do have Ibrahim Labini on the line. Ibrahim, good chatting to you. Hello. Uh, good evening to you, my brother, and thank you for having me. Good us. evening indeed. So three years ago, just about a couple of days ago, in fact, uh, uh, particularly at your campus, Wits University, Fees Must Fall was, was born. The question we're asking, uh, in that period, what has been the big gains? What has been the big casualties? So so go ahead and tell us. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get the question. Your line was bad. What I'm saying, since 2015, so three years ago comparative to now what has been the big gains of fees must fall since then and has there been any casualties as a result of fees must fall in the last three years well there have been a few gains here and there firstly we would say that uh, remember uh, the, uh, the fact that we managed to bring this topic into the discourse and getting the country talking about it whether they were agreeing or disagreeing it was part of an achievement because it was a topic that um, has have, have been forgotten when uh, the, the, the political parties have been, uh, you know, campaigning and, and in the name of free education. And also, it also brought the, the, the level of consciousness. It raised the level of consciousness around uh, the, 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 the black students in the, in the institutions of higher learning, mostly the, 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 the pre uh, white dominated uh, spaces because you remember that there have been uh, uh, calls on racism, institutionalized racism in spaces like Stellenbosch and VET. So, free education it was more than just the fees, it was probably about self determination mm-hmm. and, 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 and black consciousness and the high level of 
an Africanism within the protest and the language that was used. So it rather revived student activism. But when it comes back to the issue of, um, of the fees themselves, yes, we have gained because now students are no longer uh, are required to pay upfront PC payments. Because a lot of students were required to pay exorbitant uh, mm, upfront mm. payments in the middle of the year. When you find that, where do you get 10000 in the middle of the year? And you find that um, uh, parents don't have those monies. And, then and that, that's been a big pay. gain as well. Any other big gains? And then uh, now we also have students, everyone who have applied for NSFAS, because that's the parameter they use. Because remember, we, we, it's free education for the poor. So they are saying those who are poor is those who qualified for NSFAS. So then they are still using the system to say, once you're NSFAS, you qualify for NSFAS, then you get free education. So all those who had applied for NSFAS, they were accorded free education. Nobody who applied for NSFAS was never received mm-hmm. the grant. So our people are in class. Our people are eating in dining hall. Our people are sleeping in residences. But the problem is that the universities are not enough for the number of matriculants who, who pass and qualify to go to yeah, university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like government was caught off guard over the 24 years. They haven't expected the, 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 the influx because it means we, we, we are poor in planning. These universities were, were, were meant for those few students who were, who were graduating in metric at that time. Because when you look at these lecture halls, they can only accommodate 50. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And I, th- I think it's a serious problem. So, okay, th- yeah. those were the gains, right? What has been the losses? What has been the big casualties of the last three years? Well, uh, now, the, the, the biggest loss is that, you know, when, uh, when, when we were fighting the academics themselves, they were, distract- they were distracted. Mm-hmm. The, the quality of the education itself and the degrees that we produce, that you'll find that uh, probably we'll be protesting for two months and then the test will be disturbed. And then it, it, it raises doubt on the, on the quality that uh, these spaces are producing. Now, that's what we are now trying to, uh, to stabilize. You look at universities, quite a number of universities are losing accreditation on certain degrees. So we, we want to believe probably it has been uh, because of the protests themselves. And we are now working with the department, uh, uh, the Minister of, uh, of Higher Education, to restore uh, 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 bring back these universities into stability. And also, there were high failures, you know, high ex- academic exclusion mm. in December. So would you, would you say that's directly as a cause of the, the levels of disruption caused by what may be a necessary stay, stay away from people like yourself, but it certainly has cost you a weaker education result at that time of the year? Is that what you say? Well, we are saying it, it, it could be, have been a contributing factor. You know, okay. we can't run away from the fact that there was some distraction, there were disturbances, and the system reacts when they when when such actions happen because uh, the standards and the degrees, some of them are controlled out of the country. They are not controlled inside. So, so those things uh, okay. uh, might have. Wh- what about um, Ahmed Bawar? You may have heard him speaking to us now from University of South Africa, saying one of the one of the fallouts has been. The, the, the levels of angst and, and sort of out of anger between students and, and university management and that that and academics and it's happened as a result of what happened three years ago um, and it hasn't quite mended. Do, do you agree with that? 
when uh, the uh, uh, young people are angry, young people are, are tired of, uh, of, 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 of being on the touchline and watching a game that uh, they know they can play. Now, they want to be part and parcel of their history. They want to determine the curriculum and the content that they swallow. Because uh, who determines the curriculum and what is being told and what are the objectives? What is it that we want to achieve with, the, with, with what we are teaching? So those are the, 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 the things that makes one people to react the way they react because they are now conscious. They are now awake. They are seeing things differently okay. from the defense. And, and then, and then lastly, the, the issue so, of... Um, of amnesty is something you know we've spoken about before. You know, yeah. where many people were were facing criminal charges, uh, that hasn't been resolved, has it? Well, it has because, uh, to be honest with you, the government did intervene. Now, quite a number of students' charges were dropped. I might be the only one, as we speak, who's still in court. A lot of student activists, even those ones from UCT, who at some point were charged with high treason. There were, the charges were dropped. You know, a lot of charges were dropped. Uh, it's me now who's going to court on Friday because uh, the university refused to, 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 to drop charges on me. Okay. Because this is how it happened. The MPA, we made representations to the MPA. The MPA said, no, they, they can't drop charges without or interfere with this thing, without interviewing the, the, the complainant then they, 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 their step will be determined by the complainant. So in my case, uh, the complainant, which is the vet, refused to drop charges. Oh, but I see. in the other students' uh, cases, charges were uh, dropped. I understand. I am happy okay. uh, with, with, uh, with, uh, with that. Good. Let's get, let's get one, one quick call. Guillo from Eastern Cape. You're on the air. Hello. Ashraf, good evening. Good, good evening indeed. Go ahead. Your viewpoint? Yes. Uh, one first, the first thing before I engage is that uh, a word collateral damage has to be partaking on this matter of the fees must fall. Because I recall when we were in ICC on the on 2015 on the summit, we were just before it resumed. I remember very well uh, the vice chancellor was with us there. Uh, we were in the summit about access to post-schooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, already on the ground, uh, the, the, the members of the SRCs from defense were engaging the, the top management because all the VCs were there. But I can tell you today, Ashraf, the level of, of I don't think it's ignorance. I think it's really, as he is saying, that the marginalizing of the key role players Remember, the higher education is, is, is a service sector. It says only one client. The one key client is a student. It's not everyone mm-hmm. else, uh, Ashraf. The one key client that you should treat as a king or as a queen is a student. That means for every improvement, for every high decision you are making, it must be re- revolving and revolving around the student. Right now, I was, I was, I was um, in 2017, I migrated in KZN, to, to help one institution that had a problem of the online funding. And this year, that institution is, has a smooth flow, but the top management is so ignorant to come and make an, a gesture of great gratitude to say, you are one young person in South Africa who you move from one province to, to resolve our own matter that we had been having here from previous years. But today, that institution has just 
decided to to suspend the campus rector who made the decision to say i trust in your modality help my campus mm-hmm. and when we did that the vice chancellor I, it's, it's unfortunate that power is out now because on that 2015 he was there he was still a vice chancellor of dut i was going to engage him to this matter and say you are so much uh, ignorant especially the people who are on, on the high-profile level. I've been writing now to Minister... Okay, can I, can I, can I hold it? Because we don't have much time now. So I, I hear what you're saying, huge areas of concern. And maybe we need to do a full analysis in terms of fees must fall from, from different angles, from management, from the academics, from the students, across yes. the board, have an analysis. Thank you for that uh, call, uh, Guillaume. Uh, just quick thing from, from your side, right? So, so you're not sure what's going to happen to you. That's, that would be seen as a fallout. I do understand you are now going to stand on the on the ticket for the ANC Youth League presidency, just yourself. <laughs> the, the other is, is uh, Fasia Hassan, of course, winning um, a, a global award from Norway, I think, for a peaceful position uh, with regards to fees must fall. Of course, both of you come from the same camp, right? Uh, yeah. Is there a bit of a contradiction within, within that? Well, there, there, <clears throat> there, is, there isn't any contradiction. Uh, look, uh, as as young people and activists in the fees must fall, in as much as uh, we we had said that uh, fees must fall is uh, is led by young people, not by a political party, but we all came from different uh, political formations, all of us, and it was led by all the political formations. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were leading fees must fall, immediately it meant that our interests were in conflict with the elders, those who are in government, now uh, who are leading us. So we represented the views of young people. So me availing myself to lead the ANC Youth League means that I am still availing myself to lead young people, but now within a structure. And we have always been... A, a, a champion in the interest of young Fair, fair enough. I'll, I'll leave you with this here. C- can we say that yeah. particularly yourself, and I understand that uh, uh, is it Shaira, who's now doing some masters, I'm not mistaken, but certainly yeah. from your side and Fasia, who's now part of the uh, the ANC election campaign, that, that yeah. both of you it may not be intended, but one of the unintended benefits, it has certainly yeah. raised the public profiles of Tsebot Lamini as well as Fasia Hassan, right? Well, uh, I think uh, it is different because uh, Fasia is employed. I mean, I am being lobbied by young people on the ground to say, lead us. The other one is employed uh, by the movement. I am not going to be employed. I am an activist. But but ultimately, both of you would would hold significant... Come again. Ultimately, both of you, whichever way, will hold significant positions within within the ruling party if you get your position as ANC Youth League president. Well, I wouldn't say that uh, it, it, it's a crisis because all these young people who have been leading in all the uh, in this institution, Vuyani, for instance, is fully employed by the EFF. Atabile Mastole are working for the PAC in, in, in Western Cape. Okay. We all come, we, we all had political hope. But, but that's the point. So, it has, it has yeah. raised your profile. That's where we're going to leave it for now, Tsebot Lamini. I think <laughs> we need to do a fuller analysis on that. It's very, very interesting. Three years yeah. ago, hashtag fees must fall. Certainly changed South Africa as far as I'm concerned forever.